Boraway Army and fellow music fans, I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany, and we're the hosts of Standing BTS from the Consequence Podcast Network. We're a bi-weekly show that covers the impact and legacy of K-pop group BTS. We mix the perfect blend of research and fangirl as we take a deep dive into lyrics during album reviews, theorize over music videos, and keep up with their current events. No BTS topic is off limits. We welcome everyone into the conversation, whether you're a casual fan, committed ARMY, or someone who's just curious about one of the biggest music groups in the world. Come chat with us every other Thursday with a new episode wherever podcasts are found. Welcome to Good for a Weekend. The podcast where two friends answer her question that's been in the back of your mind for years. Is Taylor Swift too famous? I'm MK Ashford. I'm Cressy Cornus. And lately, it's kind of seemed like Taylor Swift is literally more famous than she has ever been. We weren't sure if it was even possible to top the like 2014, 2015, 1989 era. So we decided to crunch the numbers today, look at our social media, ticket sales, album sales, and just the general chatter about her lately to answer this big question. Is this the most famous Taylor Swift has ever been? And what does that mean for her? And is it possible that she's too famous. There's several ways to answer this question. So Cressy dug through magazine archives, billboard data, hashtags, Google trends, and money. Always follow the money. Money. Always. So let's begin with the simplest data we can, her popularity on Google. While this isn't a perfect indicator of her fame, obviously, it's a great place to start to note her peaks and pits of popularity on the search engine. So if you've never used it, Google Trends is a really great way to research something's popularity, like a slang word or a celebrity, because it measures how many people search that term over the years. Google has been around since 2004, so there's over 20 years of culture packed into this one tool. It's also a great way of putting things into perspective because to me, Taylor Swift has always been the most famous woman in the entire world. Like she's just always been number one. Correct. But um, to the general public, that's not true. Yeah. They obviously have different opinions. There are peaks and pits of when the general public is interested in her. So that's what I wanted to find out. Here's how it works. Google Trends records interest of a term from 0 to 100. 0 meaning it has never been less popular, and 100 being it has never been more popular than this. For our timeline of Taylor, I have measured the last 14 years, 2009 to today. In 2009, we start with a huge peak at 90 in that September because of the VMAs incident. So we are already starting off like this girl is very famous. Yeah. That was probably her first like giant rise. Yeah. It was definitely a tough time for her. Dozens of people showed their support for her, including Kelly Clarkson and former president Barack Obama. It was a hard time for her, but a great time for her popularity. And that is why it is 90 on the scale of 0 to 100. The next big peak we see is at 64 after Red's album release in the fall of 2012. So she really takes a dip for a while and she only gets back up to 64 with Red. But that was a really big moment in pop culture with We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. I Knew You Were Trouble. 
Yes, those two were all over the radio. Then we get a big dip in November 2014 after 1989's release, where she peaks at 84. Pretty big. Then the month of hashtag Taylor Swift is over party in 2016, where Kim posts a Snapchat of Taylor appearing to give Kanye permission, blah, 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 for the whole famous thing. We don't have time to get into that. That peaked at 52. That surprised me. That surprises me a lot. I feel like that was everything at the time. I know. Interesting. And I wonder if that's because that remained within our age demographic and older people didn't care because I'm thinking about the VMAs incident. Even the olds cared about that. Yeah. And something that was trending worldwide on Twitter, like my mom probably doesn't know about that. So it was really a social media extravaganza. It wasn't something that happened in person or on a live TV show. So I could see how that would be lower than something like the VMAs. Yeah. So hashtag Taylor Swift was over party. That was 52. Then we've got a big divot until 2017 with reputation's release she peaks at 60 there then she takes a very big dip for a while like years her longest dip from the start of her career lover's release month only peaked at 35 which is almost half of reputations seeing this visually and we'll post this popularity line graph on our website so you can see it too it makes sense why in miss americana taylor really seemed to believe that she was losing steam and why lover was her last chance at success because it this was like a very long dip in her popularity which is interesting to me because again she has always been so famous to me she's never dipped in popularity to me Yeah, but I think like even when people talk about like Lover being a flop era, it's not just because of the music. It's like generally the entire era was not as popular as her past two especially. So I could see for her too how it just was kind of like going downhill from 1989, which is really sad. And obviously always it's, it's more of the story. Like it's never the end. True. Very true. So then our next big peak isn't until November 2021 after Red Taylor's version and All Too Well 10 Minute version where she hits at 52. This is her first peak since 2017. MK, your face is perking up and I know you're shocked too. Evermore and Folklore didn't make that much noise. Thank you. That's what I was going to say. She was the only person to release an album or really the first mainstream artist to release an album and not push things off in COVID and to drop it on a random day like how did that i agree get picked up there's a little tiny speck just little tiny but i think it's like a just glancing at the graph i don't have the exact number it looks like they're both hovering around 25 the album won grammy for album of the year but it like didn't I hit know. google that's crazy okay i know and i feel like a lot of the general public knew about this too not just swifties because i remember my coworkers talking about it yeah, it was a big deal. It like brought her back into like a different realm of interest, I guess. Well, you know what else was going on at that time, now that I think about it? COVID? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe people were just Googling that a lot more. Yeah. You know? It was a tough time. <laughs> that actually makes me curious about this. And I've been thinking this the whole time and like waiting to ask. But now that you say it that way, do you know... If this graph kind of adjusts itself throughout the years, like 
her peak at the VMAs in 2009 was 90. But was it 90 because she'd never been Googled before? Or is it adjusted now compared to like how often she's Googled now with the Eras tour? Is it still 90? You know what I mean? Yes. So it measures that by the dates that you put in. So I did 2009 to today. But if I had done this from... 2005 to today, the numbers would be slightly different, but the peaks and pits would be generally the same. Got it. Does that make That's, sense? Yes. I wanted to know like the relativity of each of them because like mm-hmm. in 2009, that VMA day was probably like 100, you know, because that was the most she'd yeah, ever exactly. been Googled before, but they can't mm-hmm. tell the future to know that she will be Googled more later. Yeah. If okay. we put this in from 2005 to 2009, there's no doubt in my mind the VMAs would be 100. Okay. Understood. Thank you. Just STEM girly questions. We may continue. Of course. Our STEM girly. You have to do it. Okay. So then something really interesting happens. Taylor releases Midnight's in 2022 and her popularity leaps to 96. I will simply never understand. I I love Midnight's. I love Midnight's. I love the era. It was awesome. But like why? That wasn't her most popular album by far, I don't feel like. Maybe the only thing I can think of is that it was just so shocking that it wasn't a re-record, which we were all expecting. Other than that, I really don't know. I It was just perfect timing. I think with Folklore and Evermore, it brought in a ton of new fans. I think with the re-recordings, it awoken some sleeper fans who kind of forgot about how much they love Taylor and this all came together for like this magical moment of oh my god I really like Taylor Swift I should get this new album I haven't heard any of her new stuff in a while and it's just this perfect storm so 96 a lot very and you might be thinking wow does it even get higher than that that's higher than 1989's release by 12 points it does in may 2023 it jumps to 98 and in august which ended a couple days ago it's at 100 so according to google trends right now literally right now as we are recording this this is the most famous taylor swift has ever been that is wild but she's everywhere i mean may makes sense there was a little snafu in that <laughs> month with a little rat boy that we all know about and the eras tour okay yeah i mean it had been going for two months at that point yeah but august i guess i guess the movie and yeah the movie I uh, jack antonoff's wedding i mean our august swift report was clearly stacked there yeah. was a lot to talk about so we contributed you know i mean <laughs> you're welcome taylor that's that that's crazy like she's more famous right now in this second than she's ever been but i can feel that so can i like it's in the air yeah she is floating in the air and i i really felt this during the all too well 10 minute version that period in time when that came out like i felt like you could really feel it and this is a very similar feeling yeah like i said in our august swift report like casual listeners that are friends of mine are sending me very deep-rooted theories of TikToks or uh, secret relationships or whatever, things that normally stay within our Swifty community. And now it's kind Mm -hmm. of bleeding into mainstream on people's For You pages and it's getting really crazy. And 
friends of mine that don't even like her at all like know that the movie's coming out know what the tour is called like all the things you know and it's crazy she's everywhere I do think TikTok has a lot to do with this because of how prevalent her songs are to what's trending at the moment. Like August had a big moment. Remember the whole Enchanted moment a couple years back? Love Story had a big moment. Cruel Summer is just always popping off. And I feel like this also adds to it. It's also showing up on people who aren't listeners. They're FYPs. And they're like, oh, this song's really good. Maybe I should check out this artist, Taylor Swift. What? And other fans. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So after doing all of this, I had some curiosity. And I decided to add other celebrities to the Google Trends line graph to see how they compare to Taylor. So you can stack up different terms and have the lines like overlap and look at them. Uh, And again, all of these will be on our website if you want to see for yourself. Here are a few fun finds. Uh, Harry Styles' popularity has been in the single digits. Occasionally teens. (laughs) His popularity peaked in 2012 at 28. And this month he's sitting at a cool seven. But again, this is in comparison to Taylor. If this was his own graph, it would be completely different. I get that. But like as a One Direction stan, I'm like how you said at the beginning, like she's always been famous to me. Harry Styles has always been one of the most famous men in the world. But I guess he's not. Yeah. And it's funny how his peak in 2012, around the time they dated. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet boy. <laughs> uh, Carly Clauses, because she was in our last Swift report, hers were between zero and two. Hmm. No comment. Uh, Beyonce, obviously, is the only artist to be comparable to Taylor's chart, with Queen Bee peaking at 100 in February 2016. She is the only artist I plugged in. That's lines were similar to Taylor's girl power. That's cool. I like that. We love two queens. All right. And lastly, Donald Trump's was also close. And interestingly, when Taylor is popular, he isn't. And when he's popular, she isn't. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? You guys got to look at the graph on our website. They have a complete inverse relationship. And I know causation, correlation, blah, blah, blah. I just think it's really interesting. Yeah. I think it might just be when things are heating up in the political climate. Like people aren't probably Googling pop culture as much if there's like big political things going on in the relative scheme of the world. And this is also when she was kind of hiding away from the world and being private with Joe. And yeah, it makes sense. Well, speaking of politics... But don't worry, not like that. (laughs) We won't get into all of that. While researching for this episode, we found this incredible set of statistics in a Wikipedia post titled The Cultural Impact of Taylor Swift that we think really embodies why her fame and success continue to rise. Quote, Facebook data from 2014 revealed that Swift is one of the artists who formed the happy median of musical listening habits of its Democratic and Republican users. According to a 2023 survey reported by The Times, 53% of adult Americans consider themselves fans of Swift, ratings that journalist Ellie Austin said Biden and Trump can only dream of. 
Austin explained, though Taylor Swift is left aligned, some rightists still covet her, making her a uniting demographic fulcrum that can bridge America's political divide. In another survey reported by the New York Sun, Taylor Swift was the third most popular choice for the U.S. president after Trump and Biden. Y'all, stop doing that. (laughs) That's wild. Okay. Swift's political sway was further evident in the bipartisan criticism of Ticketmaster in 2022 and 2023. CNN journalist Allison Morrow wrote in an article titled One Nation Under Swift that Swift's fans (laughs) united the parties in a way that the founding fathers failed to anticipate. Brooke Schultz of the Associated Press noticed how the issue turned into a political movement and considered Swift's fans an influential voter demographic. Quote, the sheer power and size of Swift's fandom has spurred conversations about economic equality merely symbolized by Ticketmaster. End quote. As per Morning Consult, 55% of Swift's U.S. fans are Democratic, 23% Republican, and 23% Independent. End quote. Again, everyone loves her. I don't think there are many artists like this. I know. I mean, she's ranged so many genres that this kind of makes sense. Like, I think even if someone was like, oh, I only liked her country stuff, when you asked if they're a fan, they would still say yes. I completely agree. And I love that this proves something I've had in the back of my mind for a while, that all sides of the political spectrum can get into her. I really love that she rises above all of that and people of all kinds like her. I do think it's interesting, though, that when she is strategic about how she presents herself, that does catch flack. So it's like a good thing that she rises above all of this, but I think a lot of activists are frustrated that she does rise above all this because they're hoping she will say and promote and support things and causes that would make the Republicans or whoever dislike her. Mm-hmm. So it's just an interesting topic of conversation. Totally agree. I had, When you really come down to it, she's obviously not going to make everyone happy. People, including myself, they want her to speak up more. But uh, I get why she doesn't. I mean, her safety is key. I I think we mentioned this in her squad episode about Lena Dunham, that uh, Lena Dunham defended her not speaking up politically because if she did, someone would tweet out the layout of her house. You know, it's very scary to be in the position that she's in. And I do think she's handling it very well, but I do also have some critiques about her choices and that's all right. It's a nuanced conversation because on one side, Yes, people with influence hold a certain responsibility in the way that they speak and the things that they speak about. But at the same time, she's a singer. She's someone in the public eye who holds a lot of like weight and the things that she says matters. And it could be very helpful for people. And I am also of the thought process that she should speak up more if that's what she really believes in. But again, yeah, it's hard because she has to think about her safety. And yeah, interesting. It's all very interesting. Yeah. And we would love to hear your thoughts on this on our Discord. So let's get into her tours. These provide a very good indicator of her demand by the public. And also all the profits I'm about to get into, they have been adjusted for inflation. So debut had no tour. 
So we'll start with Fearless. Taylor performed her Fearless tour in six countries and had 118 shows. It had 1.2 million attendees, grossing $89.2 million. Next up, the Speak Now World Tour was performed in 18 countries, so up a lot from Fearless, and it had 110 shows. It had 1.64 million attendees and grossed $157.6 million. So while it had less shows than Fearless, that is a major increase in both the countries and earnings. The Red Tour was performed in 12 countries, so less than Speak Now, and 86 shows, again less. The lowest out of all of her three tours so far. It had 1.7 million attendees, the most so far, and earned $191.4 million, another huge leap. The 1989 World Tour was in 11 countries and had 85 shows. 2.2 million people attended, and it earned $319.5 million. That is so much money. Wow. All right, now we're in our first stadium tour. Get ready for a bigger leap. The Reputation Stadium Tour was in six countries, so a lot less, and it had 53 shows. But please note, these were all stadiums. So 2.9 million people attended, and it grossed $440.4 million. Now we're at her present era's tour. Once completed, she will have performed it in 22 countries, her most so far, with 146 shows. Again, largest yet. The tour isn't over yet, so we don't know the exact earnings yet. But as of right now, she has grossed $2.2 billion in North America alone. That's, wow. I don't know if I even have words. I can't comprehend that amount of money. And I don't think people understand that, like, no one can. No one can understand how much money that is. And I know this tour is incredibly expensive, so I'm interested to see how much it costs to put something like this on. That's so interesting to me. Also, it is important to note, this does not include the concert film earnings at all. This is just the era's tour in person. It's safe to say that this is probably going to be her biggest tour of all time. Oh, a million percent. It has to be. All right, now let's talk social media. This year alone, Taylor Swift has gotten around tens of millions of new Instagram followers, putting her at 271 million currently. During the 1989 era, she was the most followed person on Instagram. She's now number 15, so there's been a bit of a drop there. Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, and Selena Gomez are currently in the lead. I completely forgot that Taylor was number one. Yeah. That shocks me. Like a lot. Yeah, me too. Because I get why Selena is. Like, I get it. She's got that she's got that it factor of like the sexy photos, the acting, the music, like all of it. Like I get it. And also her fan base is so young. I get it. But with Taylor, I just forgot that that was a moment in our history. Yeah, it is kind of shocking. That was when she was like dating Calvin and kind of posting about him. I think feel like she was really active. She was in the polaroid aesthetic era like she was kind of really of the times like she was really in like the tumblr vibe and i just feel like it kind of fit what was really popular on social media at that time i would be so interested to know in a parallel universe 
if the 2016 drama never happened, which means reputation never happens, which means her social media blackout never happened. A universe I never want to live in. Same, same. I'm so glad that we're in the one that we're in now. But would she be number one? Like, I wonder if that would have stayed. I don't know. I think no. I think she needed that, like, that dip to kind of propel her to where she is now. I don't think she could have held it at a steady increase forever. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about all of this. What does this all mean? We've answered the question that she is definitely the most famous she's ever been. But is she too famous? I think yes. Yeah. I think overexposure is such a thing. And we're not – I like. I felt like we were getting close now, especially after the Eras tour movie drop and how insane that was and how she literally blew the past record out of the water from a Marvel movie of like pre-sale tickets. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to discuss that in our next Swift report. Yeah, this is like we're at a different level. We're not approaching overexposure like she's there, and I feel like she needs to be careful. And just for the sake of her life, her mental health, like this is just too much for one person. And I really hope that she's in a good place because I certainly cannot handle this. Like she has to fly private and people hate her for that. But it's literally not safe for her to travel any other way. Um, She can't do normal people things. Like she can't show up for jury duty. Remember when she got dismissed from that? She can't run to the store to grab a few groceries in a spur of a moment and be like, I think I want to make cookies tonight. Let me just like run to Kroger real quick. She can't do that. She just can't pop in a store and try on clothes. I mean, has she ever like really been able to, at least in the past... Absolutely. 1989 era, she still went to Target because she likes to buy her CDs at Target day of the release. And that stopped after 1989 because that was her last big peak. And I think she really enjoyed it. And especially during the Red Era, there was all of those like Whole Foods shopping pictures of her, like her um, and boutiques looking at stuff. Like, I do think she misses that. Yeah. I did I did know that she like went to Pilates and yoga and stuff in Nashville. She can't do that anymore. Yeah, doesn't she have to rent out gyms just to go? Probably. I would imagine she has her own gyms in her homes yeah. and like private trainers. Yeah. But this is all coming off of such a big chunk of time where she truly was so private. Like coming off of her relationship with Joe they were so private. They were always in the UK. You never really knew where they were, what they were doing. They didn't post on social media. Like, yeah, she had a reputation period. But even after that, pretty much their entire six years, she was way less famous. She went to less events and she started doing that in the last year after, well, kind of like during the Midnight's era. And so I wonder Mm -hmm. too, the way you say, like, I hope she's okay. I hope she can handle it because not only is this like the most famous she's ever been, but it's coming off of not the least famous she's ever been, but the least exposed she's ever been. Totally. Like that period of that really long pit and that Google trends graph, that's when she dated Joe. Yeah. And when they broke up, it spikes. So I'm wondering 
how that must feel for her to think about future relationships if maybe she thinks I was able to do that because my fame was at a low now it's at the highest I tried to date someone it failed miserably people got very angry about that can I do this again I hope she can I really hope she can but I can understand and empathize how hard that must feel for her because I'm sure she knows she's the most famous she's ever been like she knows oh she's yeah she has to be aware of that if we're talking about it she has to be in the know um I think it's interesting though to bring up Maddie Healy in that relationship I think people are quicker to turn on you when you're overexposed this way when you're too famous um it's quicker for the general public to find things that they don't like about you and turn on you very quickly and I think that's what the general public likes to do is when someone's like too much they look for things not to like I don't know if it's fair to just be like oh she like started dating someone and it was too crazy it didn't work out like he's a piece of shit so it's kind of like well she picked the wrong person for sure (laughs) but it, it was an interesting dynamic to see how quick people like turned on her but then also how quickly everyone just kind of like let it go because she's so famous right now and I feel like one day people are gonna be like why did we let her get away with that you know I'm like shit like that yeah the whole ice spice thing that was crazy I was was mad at her time to be a swifty yeah like I was upset people were like not wanting to go to the shows like I don't know if anyone really did but some people were saying that they might not go yeah and the way that people felt she potentially manipulated the ice spice situation that was pretty rough and I remember I was talking about it and you kind of saying like do you think she can come back from this and I was like people can come back from anything and she did quickly but I think that's also a testament to how dangerous this level of fame is because I think the next thing might be way worse, you know? Yeah. And people are certainly trying. Like with her era's film post, she did like one, two, three LGB for Let's Go Bitch. And people were like, um, Taylor Swift is transphobic. Wow. And it's like, okay, that means Let's Go Bitch, you fucking idiot. <laughs> why would she say one, two, three lesbian, gay, bisexual? Literally, why would that be what they thought she meant? I, I know critical thinking is at an all-time low. It truly is. But also, I think the reason she's so famous right now, obviously the Eras tour is huge. But I think the reason the Eras tour is so huge and that she's getting so much more famous and the masses are coming to this tour more than the past few is because of all her different genres – even the fans of Only Her Country stuff are going to the Eras tour. Like, no matter which era you actually like, because she has them all, they're all coming. I think if this was a Midnight's tour, it would not be nearly as big because people would be like, oh, well, I didn't really like the album. I don't feel like going. But she's doing all of them. So everyone's going because everyone likes something. Absolutely. And there's the novelty factor of it, too. Like, this is not going to happen again. The next time she goes on tour, it will be for an album. We are never going to have another Eras tour, another three and a half hour concert of her singing everything. And that's true. Like there are people who only like Country Taylor or who only like Red Taylor, whatever niche they like, they are able to hear that at this concert and potentially fall in love with the rest of the Eras. 
And that's not going to happen again. So people are scrambling to go to this multiple times. And the novelty of the fact that you're invited to dress up like your favorite era and express yourself and like be a part of this cultural movement, a phenomenon, it's like in the zeitgeist, you know? So I think that that like brings people to it too. Especially since we've been to her two previous tours, this has been nothing like that. Like the response yeah nothing insane like the like pennies compared to a 20 dollar bill when the 1989 tour started i remember seeing things like on my instagram explore page because instagram knew i was a swifty but that was it like i didn't like people didn't talk about it coworkers didn't ask me about it it wasn't like a thing same with reputation yeah same same we're living in such an interesting time so interesting now that we've answered all of the questions yes this is the most famous taylor swift has ever been and yes taylor swift is too famous and do we still love her yes we love her very much and we'll be here when she dips again absolutely we've been here the whole time talking about her more yep (laughs) so now that that conversation is over we do have an exciting announcement to share with you guys we have a buy us a coffee we are super excited about this um, 1989 Deluxe version reference incoming. So over the years, we have been <laughs> asked many, 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 many times if we have a Patreon, a tip jar, a donation button, etc. And I have said no every time because I felt like we weren't ready to accept money. And podcasting has such a huge learning curve and neither I or MK or Ali had any experience with this before. So I personally, over the years, since the beginning of GFA, I have been the one to say, no, we are not ready to bring money into this. We need a solid schedule. We need reliably high quality episodes. We need the best equipment. We need to learn how to use all the tools. We need to learn how to use the software. And it took us a while to get there. It did because it's a hard thing to learn, especially if you have no experience with it. But I think this past year, we have really shown how much we've grown and our numbers reflect that. Like downloads wise, we've blown up this year. And for that, we are so thankful to see all of our hard work finally paying off. And we're really thankful for all of you, you listeners who have stuck with us from the beginning when we knew nothing about podcasting. We love this community and we love y'all and we're super excited to keep growing with you. So we're starting small with a buy me a coffee link, which is basically a one-time donation. It's an increment of $5 for anyone who's interested. You can send us just five bucks for a cup of coffee. Our link is buymeacoffee.com slash GFA weekend. And that will be linked in the show notes and our link tree as well. We'll give a shout out to all of our contributors at the end of our episodes. We're going to see how this goes for a while. And if this is successful, if it works, we will then toy around with the idea of some monthly subscriptions, maybe five or $10, nothing huge for some bonus GFAW content. Just a little teaser. It might involve gamer girls. Throwback. As anyone who's been a listener knows, we have never made money on this podcast. We pay for everything out of pocket. In fact, we lose money every single month. (laughs) So it will be amazing if we could even just cover our monthly cost of our server and website and recording website subscription. Uh, We love being grassroots, but we'd also like to just break even, you know? 
or maybe invest a little bit more into the show so we can keep doing cool stuff, maybe live shows. So again, that is buymeacoffee.com slash GFA weekend for anyone who's interested. It's cool if you're not. And as always, we love and appreciate you so much. And with that said, we'd love to give an extra special shout out to our very first Buy Me A Coffee contributor, Ross Mackey. Ross sent us some coffee all the way from the UK, and we are so grateful for their contribution and for being our very first one. That's very exciting. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Ross. Ross just found it on their own. And uh, we had a few emails back and forth, and it was so kind and so sweet. So thank you so much, Ross, for being our very first one. We really appreciate it from the bottom of our heart. We didn't know if anyone was going to use it. And you just did the damn thing without us even announcing it. So we love you for that. Talk about a real one. I am very passionate about this. I don't mind paying to keep the show going. Um, but if you feel it in your heart to help us, it would be great. <laughs> it, would, it would be nice to break even. We don't ask for much. All right, so now that that's settled, let's move on to Nightmares and Daydreams. Cressy, do you have a daydream? All right, daydream. Cressy has four daydreams stacked. Like, let's, what's your favorite? Let's go. Is there any you think might be mine? No, definitely not. Okay, okay, it's probably books then. No, no, not books. Um, my first daydream, I have two daydreams, is the new season of Only Murders in the Building. I'm really enjoying it. It's so comforting. I know the novelty a bit has worn off. I know season one was like a huge moment in pop culture because people are like, what? Selena Gomez, Martin Short, Steve Martin? This is crazy. And also the pandemic of it all. So I do realize it's kind of worn off, but I'm still enjoying it. It's just a nice, fun, campy, comforting fall show. And I hope they do it forever because I love watching it every fall. Well, that's good to know. I need to catch up. I didn't even haven't seen season two or on, so I should watch it for sure. And we love Selena, so we've got to support our girl. Yes, I do. Now, my next daydream, I'll make this one super quick. Uh, as you guys know, I am a gamer girl. I have a Nintendo Switch. I've been playing a game called Wild Flowers, and that's wild with a Y instead of an I. Uh, you kind of play this character who moves in with her grandma because she's sick and she needs some help. And it's this small town with a secret. There's something going on in this town, you guys. Is there a cult? Are there witches? And you're trying to figure all of this out while you're helping your grandma. And you, like, plant flowers and you cook stuff. It's it's very relaxing and comforting. And just a little tip for anyone who wants to play it. You can change the speed of your day. So I play mine on relaxed, which basically means I can get all my tasks done in a day without rushing through it. But you can also speed it up if you want. But I do like the relaxed version. So that's just a little gamer girl recommendation for any fellow gamer girls. Very interesting. MK, daydream? I kind of, I'll say I have two because my first one is not applicable to most people, I will say. But it is in pop culture sort of okay so this weekend was the opening weekend of halloween horror nights at universal studios and i know that not everyone lives in anaheim or la or orlando but like if you can go y'all you really need to this is the funnest event of all time like 10 <laughs> 10 uh haunted houses scare zone there's people like jumping in your face while you're walking down the street 
usually half their houses are IP. So they have a Stranger Things house, The Last of Us, which was a game, and then a show, Chucky, um, The Exorcist, the new one, the new movie with the little girls. It's really fun. I don't know. If you're like anywhere near Florida or California and you're like ever thinking about it, you should go. But I know that that's like not really applicable to most people. So my second one, I'm going to reverse something I said before. And I said that I was going to do this Big Brother. It's really good this season. Okay, you're back. I take back my nightmare. I knew I would. All right. What's your nightmare? My nightmare this month is the internet. Oh, well, that's that's broad. I am annoyed with the internet. You think I would learn my lesson. You think I would be desensitized by now. We are in the fifth day of September. I've already gone viral twice. It's making me a crazy person. This happens every single time I go viral. I turn into a psycho. Like I cannot operate like a human being as I'm going and all the things pop up on my phone and you think I would be used to it and I'm not. So I'm dealing with that. And secondly, one of our listeners, a shout out to Emily Seabaugh for letting me know that Ulta is using me in an ad. So shout out to Ulta. Thanks for that without telling me. Didn't know that was a thing until um, she sent it to me. And I watched a video of my face on Ulta's beauty account. So that's cool. Thanks, internet. Fame is a prison, Cressy. And also critical thinking is at an all-time low. And people are being so mean to me. And it's like if they just gave, gave their comment two seconds of thought, they would realize that we live in a nuanced world and maybe we should all just be nice to each other. I don't think anyone on the internet is ever going to realize that. No. And you think I would know that by now, but I don't. That's why I keep posting. I think this is a time where I'm going to go viral and everyone's going to be nice to me. No. It never, it can be the most innocuous thing. (laughs) People would be so fucking mean. (laughs) If you're the type of person who thinks like it's okay and normal to comment something negative on a post of someone you don't know, like you already lack the critical thinking skills. So I just wouldn't put much like faith in there. Yeah. Yeah. I've been called a stupid American so many times today. I think I've actually become a patriot. That's actually just true. And I think I'm all USA baby now. Yeah, that's just an accurate statement, Cressy. Like, um, I'm a smart American. I'm not a stupid American. Let's be clear. I don't think a smart American exists. <laughs> I'm a patriot now. I wish I could make like that noise of the uh, the bald eagle in that TikTok sound. Yeah. It's like my pronouns are USA. <laughs> Go! Go! And that's actually a hawk. Fun fact: that's not an eagle. Oh, oh. (laughs) bird watcher. I know that because I went to Auburn and we had an eagle and it did not sound like that. What did it sound like? It's like, squeak, 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 squeak. It sounds like the opposite of what you would fucking think. I swear to God. Google it. The sound you hear when you think it's a bald eagle, that's actually a red-tailed hawk. (laughs) The more you know. Again, I am not a stupid American. I am smart. I know my bird sounds. I would imagine when the average weekender started this episode, they did not imagine this is like where it's going. You're welcome. Now you have a trivia answer. Here we are. You just never know where we're going to go. My nightmare in the reason I said yes, I do or whatever earlier about loving Selena Gomez so much is because I'm sorry. I actually hate her new song. It's really bad. 
on single soon is that it yep Mm. crazy that is the stupidest effing song i've ever heard and she's had some like pretty interesting music allegedly it's from the vault that would make sense that would make sense actually yeah because uh allegedly it was a scrap song that she was like oh i'll do something with this now it's been a couple years and it, it comes off that way but i think it's fun Mm-mm. i like the music video She's cute in it. It like bothers my ears and the lyrics are so dumb and bad. Yeah. I'm sorry. And you know me. Like I just have to have a little substance in there. Yeah. But like I loved all of Rare or like 80% of Rare. So I don't know. Sometimes she's just a little too basic. Not basic like in a basic bitch way, but like just rudimentary in her pop. Lyrically. Ness. Yeah. Yeah, I did want a little bit more, so I do agree with you on that. Sorry, Selena. I still love you. But we I was just thinking recently about her like super cool era in 2017 where she was like doing Bad Liar and all those collabs. Fetish. Fetish. Can't keep my hands to myself. I guess that one was like before, but still. Like she has it in her. It counts. She has it in her. And I know that. And so every time since then, since that really peak era that she flops – I'm disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Speaking of that peak era, I'm literally wearing a tour shirt of Selena Gomez that you and I got on yeah. tour during that peak era. I own that. We saw shirt. her perform at the Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta. I love her. And it's just a little criticism. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Good for a Weekend. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you have any thoughts and opinions on our thoughts and opinions, join our Discord or chat with us on social media. We have a link tree in our show notes that has all of our links to everything, our Instagram, our TikTok, our Discord, our Twitter that is now called X for some reason. It's all there. And there's also a link to our Buy Me a Coffee if you want to give us a cup of joe. Not Alwyn. The slang for coffee. (laughs) A cup of joe. (laughs) (laughs) Too soon. It's too soon. He posted an Instagram photo dump today. I know. I saw people on TikTok that were like zooming in on all the photos and stuff. And they were like, you didn't unfollow Taylor. 